0: Chapter 8. And we're going to be looking at verse 22 and 23. Um, it feels so good to be back. I, I felt like y'all didn't want me back after hearing so many great preachers the last few weeks. And it's so good to be back here at Christ Redeemer Church. And uh, what you know I didn't notice too, we read in called call to worship Romans 1 through 11. I think Brother King read that. Then we did a congregational reading, verses 12 through 21 to kind of catch us up in the book of Romans. I know y'all been reading our Bible every day for the last couple weeks. And so I knew that already, but I decided to go ahead and read Romans anyway. I know y'all been reading it, but I decided to go ahead and let us read it again together as a church. So let me read our text here today. Romans chapter eight, verse 22, sorry, verse 22. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who who have the first fruits of the spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Raise your hand. You're like, what in the world is he talking about? Raise your hand. You're kind of confused right now. Y'all got it? Okay. I'm going to raise my hand because I'm going to work through this with, with everybody, okay? Let me pray for us and let's work through this text together and see what the Lord have us to hear this morning. Father God in heaven, Lord, we thank you again, Lord, for this Lord's day. We thank you, Lord, for allowing your people, Lord, to be back again in the house of worship. Lord, um, what better place to be, Lord, than being with your people and being with you right now? Um, Lord, it's so special, Lord, as the gathering of the saints gathering together, being together, being encouraged again. The world hates us, Lord. The world despises us. But Lord, we know that, Lord, you love us. We know that the church, Lord, loves love us. Lord, we know that now, Lord, we are in a safe place, Lord, to receive your word without distractions. So give us your word, Lord, that, Lord, we can hear your truths and walk into your truths. So, Lord, help me in the midst of my weakness, Lord. I need your help, Lord. I am weak, Lord, but I know you're strong. So give me the strength, give me the wisdom to preach your word faithfully, Lord, that your people leave out of here, not that Crescent is great or Crescent did this, Crescent did this. I want everybody to leave here, Lord, and say they have met with the Lord. And the Lord has visited them today, and the Lord has encouraged them today, that the Lord is great, not Christian. So I pray that, Lord, you you meet with your people today and encourage your people today. So, Lord, we ask you, Lord, to bless us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Today we're going to deal with this text in three points. The first point is going to deal with, in the words of Noel, amen. Creation is going through it. In, point, I mean in verse 22, point number two is going to be, as believers, we all are going through it. We all in this room are going through it. And the last point, point three, but creation and believers know glory is coming. In verse 23b. So it jump at the first point. Creation is growing through it. I know when it's about creation, it's not talking about us right now. So a lot of us might feel like, well, it's not talking about us. Let me just get to the second point. But stick with me here in this first point, because as we understand what creation is going through, it's going to show us also what we are going through here in the second point. So jumping to point number one, creation is going growing through it. Look at verse 22. For we know that the whole creation has been growing together in the pains of childbirth until now. I'm not an English major, um, I know we got a couple of English scholars in this room on this side of the room, not this side, on this side of the scholars. Paul uses the word for, to let us know that the verse is connected to the previous verses. For tells us the reason of the previous statement. Let me read the previous statement, look in verse 20 to 21. For the creation was subjected to fertility not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, and hope that the creation itself will be set free from abundance to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. So four is referring to the creation being submitted to vanity of God. What do I mean by submitted to vanity? Vanity is like something that you seem like to be there, but it's not there. For example, smoke. Have you ever seen before a football game, you know, y'all saw me right when I came out the locker, I came out with time, all that smoke coming out. And right, all that smoke coming out, have you ever tried to grab smoke? You grab look at your hand, it's smoke in your hand? No. It's like vapor. So so it seems like, like, it's like vanity. It seems like it's really something, but it's nothing. So God has put creation under submission to vanity. It seems like it's really something, something that is valuable, but you really hold on to it, it's not. Think about money. You enjoy, enjoy, enjoy money, enjoy money, but money truly won't satisfy you. It feels like it's really something, but it truly won't meet your needs. You think about them little oatmeal pies. I love them little Debbie oatmeal pies. I can eat a lot of them, right? They taste so good. I feel like I just sow something in a moment, but it's not truly satisfying because I'm gonna to have to want more, want more, want more, it never ends. So things in this world would never satisfy you. You can think about anything, I love my kids, I love my babies, but they truly would not satisfy. only thing can satisfy is God. So God has put creation into submission to vanity. And I'm gonna tell y'all why here in just a moment in the message. It's a reason why God put creation in the vanity. But I'm going to explain to you here in a second, in a moment. So context let us know that creation in verse 20 is referring to God's creation. God creation in the world. God has created the world. One person said this, It is meant of the whole frame of the universe. Heaven and earth and creatures are in them. Not the believers, nor the angels, but the word creation is referring to Things like trees and the stars, the sun, the, the, the grass. This is what it referring to within creation that all these things, the trees and everything, is subjected to vanity. They are submitted to vanity, waiting for the coming glory. But now in verse 22, it shares more about the intense process of the subjectivity. It says right here that we know, the word we know phrase is referring to the Roman believers and Paul himself. Paul is writing this letter to the Romans. He's saying that we know this. This is what Paul is writing that. Therefore, that we know that the whole creation is, is being grown in together. That we is, again, referring to Paul and also the Roman church. That we know that creation is subjected to vanity. And again, don't get hung up on confused by the words, whole creation, I'll explain that here in a moment as well. So we talked about what this creation is referring to the last few weeks again. it refer to the creatures that God has created within the universe, the trees, the grass, the animals. That the entire creation that was under dominion of man, as God what Paul is referring to, is this creation, not the angels, no unbelievers or believers, that the creation is referring to the trees, the sun, the clouds, and the animals. But Paul now used the word whole creation. That is not to include anything else, angels or believers or unbelievers. We know this because it is done because the angels that have been fallen for them, they're already before God's glory. Unbelievers are not looking for, uh, for, for redemptions of the new body. Unbelievers are looking forward to glory. Unbelievers think already that for them, they think that right now, they already are glorified because they want things their way. So it's not talking about them. So let me be clear. The tree or the suns, and the stars did anything wrong. But God put all of them under subjectivity It tells us so in verse 19 That the creation wasn't willing to be put this way But creation was put this way Not that the creation disobeyed God Mankind disobeyed God So the tree is like, hey, take it out on Adam and Eve Why take it out on us? Why are we put in subjectivity And Adam and Eve are the one that sin." Reason why? Because God made creation undependable. What Adam and Eve were used for the creation? Adam and Eve was to use creation for the dominion. They were supposed to use creation for them to have dominion over the world, but now God has made creation undependable for them. Stick with me, stick with me. Man was to use creation for his benefits. But now when creation came, when Adam and Eve broke God's law, now Adam and Eve, what they was used for their own benefit for creation is not going to be dependable for them. That little wooden chair they made and they carved out, it's going to break down. That car that you got, it's going to break down one day. That beautiful house that you imagined that you wanted, you're going to want another one, you're going to want another one. It will never satisfy you, it's going to break down. Everything in this world breaks down now because sin came into this world. Nothing in this world is satisfying. Everything in this world will break down. you like, Chris, where do you get that in this? God has put creation under subjectivity so man cannot truly enjoy this life. How do you know this? Well, Christian, are you just making this stuff up? Let's look in Genesis 3:17 and 19. Listen to this. But Adam and Eve, right, they was in the garden, they were chilling, and all this. They supposed to be under under God in God and all things. God told them to eat from a certain tree. Adam and Eve, they disobeyed God and ate from a tree and they disobeyed God. Cosmic treason. They rebelled against God. Now God is gonna punish them. And this is what God told Adam right here. 17 in Genesis 3:17. and to Adam he said because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which i commanded you you shall not eat of it Cursed is the ground because of you in pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you and you shall eat the plants of the field by the sweat of your face you shall eat bread Till you till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. For you are dust, and the dust you shall return. So creation is punished. So mankind cannot have the luscious lifestyle that they had in the garden. God stripped it all away. Now they had a beautiful garden of Eden. Just think about the honey that was in the garden of Eden, the, the watermelons, and the 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 the, the, the mangoes, and what, what's some more good fruit y'all know. Pineapple, the grapes. Just all the amazing things in the garden that Adam and Eve was to, to enjoy. And they was able to build homes and everything was to be there for eternity. A house that would never break down. It was going to be beautiful, Tyler family. Amazing house. But look what happened though. But when they sinned, nothing came truly dependable anymore. For a man you see now, he cannot be satisfied. Now, going back to I said the word "whole creation." That as believer, we know that the entire creation is fallen, not just one side of the tree, but the whole tree now cannot be what God is designed to be from the beginning. That tree was to give shade to Adam and Eve. Well, you stay up on the tree long enough, eventually, with so many weight of the limbs, the tree limb would break. It cannot give shade forevermore. Trees rot now. Trees are not as dependable. I guess I'm keeping using trees. I've been doing a little hunting this week, so I can't stop talking about trees, y'all. But not just trees, but anything else you can see in nature that we should be using for our benefits to have dominion It's limited now. It's limited now. God has made it so hard for man to live now. You notice that? It's so hard now. Because when they sin against God, God made sure that they would never be comfortable in this world. And what it is goes on to tell you that so they are actually groaning. The word groaning, or dealing with distress while waiting on the glory to be revealed. This groaning is pain. It is painful. The pain is felt by multiple parties of this because the Greek prefix on this word is referring to a group. It's not like this group is groaning together. This group is in pain together. This group is holding, hurting together. Again, it is painful for a tree to bury too much weight. What is gonna happen to that limb, it's gonna break. It's painful painful for a camel traveling all day with so much luggage on his back, a camel, Traveling and traveling and looking for water and looking for thirst, looking for water, looking for water, and it can't find water. And I can just continue going through all creation, how everything is just looking, looking, and looking to be satisfied, but it cannot be satisfied. Nothing, anything you can name, the 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 the, the, the what's it called, that 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 animal, the, the worst animal in that, the razorback animal, it cannot be satisfied. But look at a tiger, one of the most beautiful animals, that a tiger, the miphoth tiger, the really beautiful animal, right? It can still, it can't be satisfied. Y'all get what I'm going, y'all need some more examples? Y'all got those, okay, okay. more, I talk about the patience for minute. It's painful, even the sun. The sun doesn't stop. The sun doesn't stop, right? Think about the sun before the fall. What was the sun like before the fall? The sun in in heaven doesn't stop now. Right? Like everything is just in motion. Everything is not satisfying. The sun doesn't satisfy people in Antarctica, does it? Again, we see over and over, even the clouds. The clouds only can Hold water for so long, then what, what? What happened to the, the clouds? Water comes out, rain comes. So even the clouds are limited on what they can do. And I keep going on and on how creation is groaning and tolls because of the fall. That nothing in creation is dependable. That's why God has put it in subjection that if we try to go to something, you know, what Adam and Eve when they sinned against God they went and tried to hide themselves with leaves. They thought they could depend on the leaves to hide them. And God was like, boat, I see you. They couldn't hide from God. God saw them. And so anything we try to run to in this world to try to hide and try to find safety in and try to enjoy, it will end up showing us that it's not dependable. Think about it. Just think about it for a second. Anything you can think of right now. Them nice black and white leavens, joy leavens, they get dirty. You can't keep them clean. Like nothing in this life is satisfying. It only can go so far, the next you're going to see it break down. God has put it that way for us to see when mankind said they want to be God and they want to depend on themselves, God said, okay, I'm going to give you yourself and I'm going to give you a fallen world. And look at how it's working out murder is everywhere cancer is everywhere hostility is everywhere all of this happened because god has punished mankind for what mankind has done so that's why we see god has put creation under subjectivity so mankind cannot depend on it Again, this judgment on mankind because of sin is that it can't accomplish dominion now. Adam and Eve, they wanted to have dominion on this world. It's going to be so hard now to rule. It's going to be so hard. when trying to go out shoot bow and shoot a bone arrow and your bone arrow break. It's going to be so hard to try to rule over the world and nothing is dependable. But God has still called man to lead and have dominion. But how can they have dominion and nothing is dependable? Bam I would still have to work in the world. They would still have to work, but now work would be so hard. Work would be so hard now. Work was so pleasurable. Now, y'all know it was work in the garden before sin. Work is not a bad thing. Work was in the garden before sin, and they enjoyed working for the Lord. But now work is hard. Not because of the work, because of them co-workers, is it? because of them co-workers. Y'all started smiling when I said co-workers. But God now has made it so hard that work has become hard. Now we're brothers like, man, do I got to go in? If I can just mess around and stick off, bro, I'm going to go to church, I'm going to stick off to the casino. And I'm going to hit a jackpot, and I get rich, I ain't going to work no more. Y'all probably say that. But work was designed for us to enjoy work. It's a time for the, but when sin came, work became harder. But we still are called to work. But it tells us right here, it goes on and further and tells us, for we know that the whole creation has been growing together in pains of childbirth until now. It said they are growing together in pains of childbirth until now. It said until now that they are going through suffering to now, this creation. This creation is going through pains of childbirth even until now. That's from all the way from the fall, when first Adam and Eve, 7,000 years ago about, when Adam and Eve sinned, all the way even to now, the creation is groaning in pain because of what happened in the garden. That the creation is in distress. That mankind is still living in a world of that, that has been fallen because mankind has sinned. And Paul using this terminology of a woman in labor. I have never been in labor. And no man has never been in labor in here, right? But I have seen my wife in labor. And I've seen the pain she go through. And many of the mothers in here will probably can explain and say the distress of giving birth to a baby. How painful it is, how hurtful it is. The pain is so real, isn't it, ladies? That ever had a baby right hand. It, has, it is real, isn't it? The pain is real. And that's why he uses the imagery here. That the pain is real, that even creation is going through pain as well. The pain is real, but knowing the baby is about to breach, it creates hope. When the baby is almost there, the pain is there. The pain don't go away. The pain is still there, but hey, we see the baby. We see the baby. The pain is there, but the mother is so hopeful to see that baby. The mother is hopeful to see. The pain is still there in suffering, but the mother is hopeful. The mother has motivation. The motivation is not the pain. The motivation is to see that baby. The motivation is to see the smile and embrace that baby. It's in the same way that the creation right now, the trees and everything is going through it, but the creation is waiting on something else to come. And the real pain a mother goes through in delivery, that pain is overshadowed by the birth of a new baby. The woman is in a lot of pain. It's not like, ouch, it hurts. Her mother is screaming and, and, and anxiety and, and a lot of pain, and excessive pain. And they, are not, can't, they can't tolerate it. But they are hopeful of the baby. They're hopeful of the baby. They're thinking about the baby to come. And look now in nature. Paul uses this as imagery. He compares a mother giving a baby unto what a creation is going through right now. Creation is like, I don't want to be under this. I don't want to be under this judgment of God. I want to be able to use how God designed me to use. Glorification, when every part of our being is worship the Lord in every aspect of our being. That's the time when creation would not have to go through suffering again. Creation is waiting on glorification. Let's jump to point number two. So we talked about creation, right? It's going through it. The creation, all these things, the trees are not dependable. They all are going through it, looking for hope. But not only creation. Look point number two. As believers, family, we all are going through it as well. Look 23.8. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruit of the spirit groan inwardly. We just learned about the creation is groaning and pain. That they are, they are going through a lot of pain right now and suffering. But now we learn that they're not the only ones, but we ourselves, and we are not talking about unbelievers. It's talking about it ain't talking about just pain in the way of you hit your finger, uh, you stub your finger, or or you stub your toe, right? And you hit it, you hit your toe at the end of the bed. It's not talking about that type of pain. It's talking about the pain and suffering when honoring God. It's talking about the suffering in the way of for you not giving in to sin, for you to say no to the things of this world. It's hard. Sometimes you're rejected by family, you're rejected by friends trying to do the right thing. It's talking about that type of suffering, that when you suffer for Jesus, the world will reject you. The world won't like you. You will lose your job. You will lose friends. It's talking about suffering for Jesus. It's hard. Everybody in the room want friends. Everybody wants friends. And sometimes we feel like we have to be these type of people. We got to be something God has called us not to be to keep people around. So it's hard because I want these friends, but also I want Jesus. Can I have them both? But it's telling us that if we don't suffer for Jesus, we're only going to get one. We're going to get those friends and the devil, or we're either going to get Jesus. So it telling us though that right here, for those that are suffering for Jesus, and he used a reflexive pronoun. A reflexive pronoun, it says, we ourselves. It could have just said we, but it goes right here in an emphatic language, letting them know is that we ourselves are going through it. He let them know though that not just the trees are going through suffering, but as believers, we are going through things all the day long. Y'all remember Paul, we were going through Acts, I'm going through uh, the Asia Minor, they stoned the man, tried to kill him, just for proclaiming Jesus. He got put out of synagogues just for proclaiming Jesus, just for telling people about Jesus. People hated him. But this is not Paul. But also the Roman Church, Paul is saying that here in the Roman Church, I'm writing this letter to the Romans to let you all know that I know y'all are going through a lot. I know y'all are going through suffering. I know that the pain is real but Paul knows that some in the Roman church might not be truly followers for him to go on and describe and say we ourselves right and he goes on to say we ourselves who are the first fruits of the spirit those that are true believers are the one that's groaning but for those that that are not groaning and they are given in to sin these are not the ones Paul is referring to. For them, they're enjoying the things of this world. But for the true believers that are in Jesus, for them, they are the first fruits of the Spirit. The one who have been the first fruits of the Spirit. Let me say the first fruits. Y'all been in the Old Testament and y'all Bible reading? The first fruits, right? The Israelites, they were farm all day to Mary. They'll farm all year. The first fruits they would get, they were to give those fruits to God, right? Not the second. Don't give God the leftovers. The first thing you get, you give it over to God. Even when the Old Testament taught in the Todd system, when you give money to the offering to the system, they would first give their money to the Lord first. They would give their offering to the Lord first. The Lord first, the second and third fruits, fourth fruits, they are to give them for for self-indulgement, right? Then like on the seventh time there would be a time you give and you don't you don't touch it you kind of let it replenish but the first fruits in the old testament was to be giving to the lord and what did the scripture tell? look back in your test roman eight it said we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit Paul uses the same concept in other places about the first fruits of the spirit in other places. That the Holy Spirit is going to have many more amazing things to happen. But the first amazing thing we see that is presented to the Lord is his people. 2 Corinthians 1.22 And who has also put his seal on us and given us his spirit and our hearts are guaranteed. He seals us with the spirit. We're like these first fruits. We know Christ's resurrection and Christ is considered the first fruit. But we are the bride of Christ. We are married to Christ. And we also are considered the first fruits of the spirit. The spirit can have everything else. Anything else the spirit can have be presented to him. But the spirit have us as the one that are presented firstly. Is that an honor? It's not an honor that we are going to be the ones that are going to be presented right here. We have the first fruits of the spirit and all the things the spirit does, we're the first one that's going to be presented to God. You don't believe me, KJ scratching his head. Ephesians 1, 14. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it? To the praise of his glory. Again, Ephesians 4:30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. One person said this: The Holy Spirit within us is the guarantee that the new creation will be completed. This guarantee is that the pain and suffering will not be our ways, because we will be the first fruit presented. To the Father above. Think about that, y'all. We are considered the best of the best of the crop. We are considered the freshness, the goodness of all the crops. We're going to be presented to God. And what is happening in that by us being presented to God is that we will not suffer again. We're going to be before God. Who can bring harm against us? Who can hurt us by us being before God? We are guaranteed this. We won't lose this. It's that you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. We are sealed before God. You would not lose. And some people say you lose your salvation. No, but God has set apart for himself. He keeps forever. That's why salvation is from the Lord. It tells us in Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourself. It's a gift of God so no man can boast. We cannot boast in our salvation in our own works. God has saved us when we didn't love him. He loved us when we hated him. And what did God do when he loved us? He sealed us. He sealed us. When we go off track, he brings us back. If you're truly sealed with the Holy Spirit, when we go on track, he brings us back over and over. Again, saints, we are guaranteed the Holy Spirit for those that are going through suffering. To bring to the last point, point number three. We talked about creation is going through it. We talk about believers are going through it. Now we're gonna talk about how creation and believers now, they both are looking forward to glory. They're looking forward to glory. They're looking forward to not suffering again. How many of y'all are tired of suffering? How many of y'all are tired of going through it? It tells us right here in the verse 23b, as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Now I would like to wrap things up with further encouragement of this guarantee. That we have already been adopted, but we are waiting for the full adoption to be complete. The legal demands has already happened with adoption. When somebody goes wanna adopt a child, they got a legal process you have to go through, right? Well, Jesus has met the legal process, the legal demands. Jesus has a fully and legally has adopted us unto himself. The legal demands are already there, already been met. We're just waiting on the child to come out to present itself. All the paperwork is done. But now we're waiting for the child to come out out, and come on and embrace the father. The legal work has already been stamped that we're his children. We're just now waiting for the redemption of our body. This redeemed body is saved from sin. When we get our new bodies, it will be no more pain, no more suffering, no more giving in to sin, no more in a sense of of the hurt and the pain you go through in health issues. When we get our new bodies, it's gonna be the new bodies that we would never have to face the things we've been facing all year round. It's gonna be these new incorruptible bodies. Some people say they're gonna have their hair all the way down their back. I'm gonna get my hairline back, y'all. We all gonna get all the everybody gonna be the best version that they ever can be. They're gonna be exactly how God had designed them to be when we get our new bodies. And so we have been adopted in Jesus, but now we're waiting on our new bodies to be presented to Jesus. And that's what it's getting at, is that we're suffering now, but we're gonna get new bodies here soon. How did the verse go? Y'all know it, y'all, y'all older saints. Weeping may endure for night, but joy comes in the morning. Y'all didn't say it with confidence. Let's say one time. Weeping may endure for night. But joy comes in the morning. That gotta work in your Bible verse. Y'all kinda slacking on me. But weeping now, suffering now, but joy comes. This is what I think is what Paul is summing up here. Suffering now, but look what comes. Look at joy is coming. We are new and we're waiting on that final touch with our new bodies to be finally come out and say, Abba Father. He's waiting on us, we're waiting on him. To run out, to run out and say, Father, and embrace the Father. But we cannot embrace him with our fallen flesh right now. God is holy and nothing holy can be in the present. And our news and our spirit in us, yes, it's a redeemed spirit inside of us, but our flesh still wants the things in this world. Until we get our new body that matches our new flesh that comes together, that's when we come before the father it tells us right here in Romans 8 14 and 17 for all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry of father the spirit himself that witness with our spirit that we are children of God and if children then heirs heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. How do you know you're going to get a new body? Because you're saying no to sin. How you know you're going to get a new body? How do we know you're waiting to run out there and say, Father, because you're saying no to sin. You're saying no to things in this world. That's how we know you're running to the Father. But for those that are enjoying these things, they're not looking forward to the Father. They're looking forward to what they have right now. They're looking forward to the worldly fallenness. And they are saying, give me more, give me more, and give me more of the things in this world. But for those that are truly looking forward to Jesus, they said, this thing over here, these things in the world can't satisfy, but Jesus can. And they're running to Jesus. They're doing a running man to Jesus. All the way to Jesus. And I say this right here, family. Paul encouraging us he means saying is that you can say that you say you believe. The devil, the demons say they believe. Judas said he believed. All these people say they believe, but they truly didn't believe. How do we know you truly believe? You're continually running to Jesus. You're continually looking for Jesus. You fall short. You go, You start walking over this way to things in this world. And you say, no, no, I'm going the wrong direction. I'm going to Jesus. Not because of your own strength, because of the spirit that is in you. It's pulling you right back to Jesus. Every time you get go, like a magnet, right? Mad a is to keep pulling you back, keep pulling you back. But if nothing pulling you back and you're enjoying your sins, how do we know you're truly a believer? A true believer, they fall short. I'm the biggest sinner in this room, y'all. I fall short. But I see something over and over again. The Lord keeps drawing me back to him and say no, and say no, and say no. I want more Jesus. I want more Jesus. I want more Jesus. And the things in this world become distasteful. I used to love going out kicking in the clubs, But now I don't have interest in that anymore. Not to say I'm self-righteous, I'm better than anybody. The Lord changed my taste bud for me to enjoy my wife and my kids. To enjoy what he has put before me. My taste buds are different now. I don't enjoy these things like Greg enjoyed. I don't enjoy them things. I enjoy the things over here. I said this again before. We're suffering for Christ. We will get Jesus. A, my cousin had a parrot, and she would make the parrot say things. He said, "Parrot, say this," and the parrot would say it. Anybody can be convinced, or anybody can be, in a sense of told what to say and to say they believe. Anybody can say, "I can trick treat." I can treat. I can trick a dog to say. Believe, you believe? I can do. You anybody can say something to believe. But truly, though, but those that truly believe within their hearts that God has done a work in, something different about them. Their affections and things change. They look to Jesus now. They're led by the Spirit, and that's what Paul is saying. That we're going to go through the things now, but look what Jesus gives to His people. Let me end with a few applications. First one is, as you look at creation all around, you remember that it is going through it just like you and me, but it's waiting on a new glorified creation. We don't have to give in to sin. We have something so much better. That guy that you might think that is handsome and that girl you might think that is pretty, that you see yourself lusting after of them It ain't even worth it. No man can truly satisfy you. There's no woman that can truly satisfy you. I always say this. If a man or a woman can truly satisfy you, why did Jesus come? Jesus came because no man in this earth or woman in this earth can truly satisfy. Only one that can truly satisfy Jesus himself. So do not look into this world. I heard a sister say "Man, kind of loud now. You got a good husband now. Don't 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 you got a good husband now. But <laughs> but but listen, nothing is working truly satisfied. Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus and enjoy Jesus. Remember that everything in this world is temporary happiness. It's temporary. I ate a real juicy plum the other day. It was so good, I was waiting to eat my second one, but Alina ate the other. they let me know that the plums can't satisfy. It must have been hiding behind the milk for me. But it was still right there in the front, and she ate, I was looking everywhere for that plum. And she said, oh, yeah, I ate it earlier. And I was, again, nothing in this world can truly satisfy. Only Jesus. No amount of money, no relationships, no job, nothing in this world can do it but Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Second thing, some practical practices I want to be able to encourage everybody that are suffering, to help you through suffering. Number one, would they help you that are going through things, how to get through this. It's hard. Pastor Crescent, it's hard. Let me encourage you. Bible memorization. Memorize scriptures like I just mentioned. You know, weeping may endure for night, but joy comes in the morning. I think that's Psalm 35. Psalm 30 verse 5. I believe. Think about scriptures you can memorize. When things get hard, think about Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I'm going to be cared for. The Lord is allowing this to happen around me. The Lord is allowing me to happen. So I would say Bible memorization. I use a Bible memory app. I can If y'all want, if want I can show you at the church to memorize scriptures. Memorize scriptures you can go to when things get hard to let you know that, hey, things are going to get better. God's gonna bring a better creation in. Second thing, being together here on the Lord's Day. Spending more time together. That's why scriptures say, do not forsake the gathering.
1: Not just legalistic, just come
0: to church, gonna come to church. It's something so special about being together that we can encourage and build one another up. I I, I get so encouraged when I leave here after some of y'all pull me to the side and tell me something about the word, something about, about how you've been reading, you guys, you guys encourage me as I encourage you. It's good to be together and be a family together. We need each other more than what we think. Again, God died for a church, not just an individual. He died for a body of Christ. We can't do this alone. We need each other more than what you we think. He, again, we might have had bad relationships and bad people we have been around. But we can't put the blame thing on God Church. And churches that are out there that have been hurtful to people, yes. At Christ Redeemer, I'm pretty sure we have hurt people before. But good thing about it that God give us grace; He has given us forgiveness. But the church it should be a light, a salt upon this earth that we should be able to be able to be encouraged by each other. So I need to get a wisdom. I called Jordan this week for some wisdom. I called I think somebody else for some wisdom this week. I talked to Jacob about my sermon. He encouraged me this week. And so we need each other, y'all. So I would say, being in church on Sunday, encouraging each other. After a bad week, we need to unload, right? We need to come and just be able to say, hey, we got some people that love us. We got some people that truly love us. Third thing podcasts. Looking at podcasts. I heard some of y'all listen to podcasts on the way to work. Some on Sinclair, Ferguson, Paul Tripp, R.C. Sproul, The Beatty. Legan Duncan. There are many a podcast you can listen, message, listen to to be encouraged. They have one on. Well, Jackie Hill Perry has one. A podcast. What's the name of it? With the Perry. Who? With the, with the Perry. With the Perry. I can download that one. That's a pretty, that's a, a, a nuance, an urban one that she's kind of hip with what's going on, kind of funny. That's one you can listen to. What's another one, y'all? Podcast. How How married are you? How how married are you? What's the woman, Shailene? Rabbi. Shailene. He got one on something, Rabbi. Oh, I said KB. What's KB? No, South Side Rabbi. But I'm saying it's a podcast you can listen to to encourage you through the week. And so encourage yourself. Also music. They got some new music now. They got a little thumb to it. Now I know y'all... Y'all can get rid of all your NLE choppers and all the Muslim folks. But now you got guys like Shailene, Lecrae, and... Yes, but so, it is music out there you can listen to now that it encourage you. Some of y'all still like to dance. It's music you can dance to now that are now, that within, that are biblical. It's other songs also. It's some country Christian. What, what's, what, what's one of them songs? i uh, <laughs> Gators. What was that? The Gators <laughs> The Gators, gators. There's gators. so much music out there And things to listen to And so as you all are going through things Listen to things Satisfy your palate with things of the Lord Satisfy your palate with things That honor the Lord and Last things 2 Corinthians 5 17 Therefore if anyone is in Christ He is a new creation The old has passed away Behold, the new has come. By us being a new creation in Christ, we look at suffering different. We don't look at suffering as, woe is me, I'm going through it again. I'm going through it again. We say, no, the Lord is making me more like Jesus. Suffering is making me more like Jesus. It's not about, woe is this. Woe is this. Because think about it. If God didn't want you to go through it, he, he, he could have he, he, he prevented for you to have to go through it. But God allows you to go through it to make you depend on Him. So suffering is never for nothing. It's always a purpose in suffering. That God is chipping us away and is making us more and more ready to be able to see his glory on a glorious day to come. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for this.